Hello and welcome to the Moncast, a weekly podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and the differences that they share. My name's Stevie and I'm Sam. The score currently stands at 2-1 to Pokemon and this week we are watching episode 4, Challenge of the Samurai and Beamon Gets Firepower. feedback we have insert feedback here that's pretty much it i had one conversation on twitter with someone which was sarcastically joking about how british we need to be which i think i'll just read out word for word oh i started off by asking people feedback and my friend says needs more tea and crumpets i said you're right we're not emphasizing our britishness enough i know don't forget the monocles in this episode we can't convey monocles through audio unfortunately we could always open with the rendition of god save the queen though London Bridge is falling down seems better. Okay, we'll take your very important feedback into strong consideration. Good. Also, scrap the whole Pokemon and Digimon thing and do My Little Pony. Now you're just being ridiculous. We should obviously cover Cory in the house, if anything. The best anime ever. That was my friend's very helpful feedback. <laughs> okay, well, would you like to be a bit British right now and talk about the weather? Oh yes, it's just been very sunny this week. It is so warm today. Yes, there was a, there was a drop of rain, maybe at one point but i can't remember that where was that we had sunny cloudless sky i was drinking at one half one o'clock half one o'clock <laughs> i was drinking at half one in the afternoon no it must have rained at some point because i remember seeing puddles during my week uh it is very warm it's brilliant i've had to move my laptop into the uh other room away from the sunlight because my my living room is currently a furnace yeah i've had to draw my curtains slightly so i don't get blinded is that british enough talking about the weather i think it is Okay, what else is British? Queues, talking about queuing. Um, I had to queue to go to the cash point today. That sucks. Have we, have we done Britishness? I don't think we've complained enough. What else can we complain about? We're going to talk about Pokemon and Digimon. We're going to complain there. <laughs> oh, wait, actually, I have feedback for ourselves. Oh, okay. Which was, if we want people to send us feedback, we should probably list the places they can send feedback in the feedback section. That is some good feedback. I think you should do that. Well, if you want to give us feedback, you can find The Moncast on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just search for The Moncast. Or you can email us at themoncastpodcast at gmail.com. I'm so glad you can just sort of say that off the top of your head. I copied and pasted it in preparation. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you'd sort of remembered it all. I'm not a professional. <laughs> that was our feedback section. Okay, so I'm just recording this after we'd recorded this weekend. Because we got some more feedback from May from Lost Translation Month. And it's about Challenge of the Samurai, which was the episode for Pokemon this week. And they say they don't understand why Ash blames himself fully. The Samurai Kid is pretty much to blame and it teaches a dumb moral. And they also say that they don't remember Misty being so annoying, but she's super annoying in this episode. Which, I don't know, I think Misty's very much in the background in this episode. I didn't really notice her being particularly annoying. Also, as for the podcast feedback, you guys are super great to keep up the good work. The early Digimon episodes are a bit of a struggle, but Digimon gets better while Pokemon stays the same throughout all episodes. So, <laughs> we pretty much know that Digimon's going to be bad for a while. With Pokemon though, I can't remember much after the first episodes, so soon I'm going to be going in pretty much blind. It will be interesting when we cover those Pokemon episodes that we don't recognise and aren't as familiar with. That's everything from May, but also on May's podcast, Lost in Translation Man, which you should totally check out, um, they got feedback from Fexsmith, who listened to the Moncast 
based on the recommendation from Lost in Translation Man, and said that were really fun to listen to, and that they really like it, and they recommend us as well. So thank you, Fexmith, that's really cool. And if you could send feedback to our podcast instead of someone else's, <laughs> that would be pretty nice as well. Last thing, Sam and I have been talking since we last recorded, and we're going to see if we can upload two episodes a week. So expect episodes on Tuesdays and Saturdays from now on, at least as long as that works out. If it doesn't, we'll just return back to our normal weekly scheduling on Tuesdays. And that's going to start next week. The first episode we are watching this time is Digimon Beamon Gets Firepower. The kids start the long tradition of walking through a desert, complaining every single step of the way, until they come across a village full of sentient plant clowns. They try to get some food and rest, but are interrupted when an entire lake evaporates and they are attacked by a burning man. After lots of monologuing about friendship, Beamon evolves into a British birdmon to save the day, removing the black gear that was stuck inside Merrimon. I've taken a soil sample, measured the barometric pressure, and analyzed the relative humidity. And what did you find out? It's really, really hot. It's not a mirage. It's real water. Do you think Mimi hears the same things we hear? I'm not sure anymore. I won't give up. is a fiery Digimon. There's no reason he should be in pain from his own flames. That's his nature. Miramon, why did you attack our village? I couldn't stop myself. That must have been awful for you. If you couldn't control yourself, who was controlling you? Nah, I'm not hungry. I'm skipping this one too. I just don't like to eat on an empty stomach. Besides, I don't even know what that stuff is, but I'm sure I'm allergic to it. So, what did you like about this episode? The Black Gears. It's a new thing that seems to be causing trouble in the digital world. It gives them a sort of sub-quest aside from working out where they are and how to get home. They're kind of a nice, interesting concept as an obstacle because it obviously takes good Digimon and turns them evil, so they can't just straight-up murder the Digimon that are infected with these things. Well, they haven't murdered any Digimon yet anyway. I know, but it means like... Although we don't know about Seedramon. I, sp- I suppose Seedramon could have because they obviously slept next to the lake, so if Seedramon was still alive, they would have burst out and attacked. Them. So we can assume Cedramon's dead. Maybe Cedramon's dead. But it gives them a nice sort of plot device to cause conflict that hasn't had before because obviously they had Cedramon, Kuagumon, and Shelmon were all sort of just wild. I don't know. Maybe they were infected with Black Gears and we just didn't see them, but they were sort of these wild creatures that they had to stop and defeat. But this time, they seem, this, like Merrimon seems to be a good Digimon that's been infected with this gear that's not a natural part of its life, as far as we know. Oh, we see him get hit by the black gear. It looks so painful as well when it sort of goes into his skin and everything. Yeah, Miramon's pretty scary. You think? I think he's cool. No, I mean, like, what they do with his voice and the whole screaming in pain while he's charging at them has a pretty good effect for creating, I don't know, a scary situation. Out of the ones we've seen so far, he is kind of the scariest. So, what did you like about this episode? It's not a mirage, it's real water! Didn't you say that, like, last episode? But it was edited out. But yeah, this is it's like my one quote from Digimon that I use in real-life situations that only I ever get. So I enjoy that, that quote a lot. <laughs> it's an in-joke that only I know. The most in-joke an in-joke can get. I think you've said it about three or four times. 
It's such a good line. It's not a mirage. It's real water. Is that going to be the title of this episode? It's not mirage. It's a real episode. Okay, something I did actually like was that we encountered friendly Digimon in the wild, which is something we've not had before because they've always been scary, evil things all the part of this. Yokomon's kind of off-putting for me. Really? Why is that? They've got weird clown eyes. So? It weirds me out. It's like the same as Makumon from Try. But I've, I've never really cared about what, what the eyes look like on Digimon. But like, outside of a design perspective, I like Yokomon. It's like a t- tiny pink clown bulb. It's a talking radish. That turns into a bird. That turns into a bigger bird. That turns into a... Man bird. Which turns into a... Bird. It goes... Plant, plant, bird, bigger bird, bird man, and then back to a big bird. I don't know. I kind of feel like Yokomon would be better for Palmon, because it's got the same little head spiral. It's got the same sort of plant shape. Yeah, but then you'd have Tanamon becoming a bird anyway, which seems even less fitting because they don't even match colours. They could just get rid of Tanamon. I mean, whose favourite's Tanamon? No one likes Tanamon. Okay, no, I can think of one person who would enjoy Tanamon. That sounds slightly sexual. <laughs> no, May. He would enjoy Tanamon. <laughs> Oh no, that's the worst image, no. Why have you made it filthy? I don't want this picture of May enjoying Tanamon in my head. I'm sorry, May, if you're listening. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I like the Yokomon, and I like how they've made their own village as well, because we've, previously we've just had wild Digimon that hunt each other down, but they seem to have their own society and their own democracy. But the thing is, and this is my favourite thing slash character this week, is like the Yokomon. It's like when they're escaping, there's like a literal wave of them. Just a sea of Yokomon flowing down this cliff face. There must be hundreds, if not thousands of them. There's about 20 houses. And even the houses are too small for the Yokomon. Like they can't fit through that doorway properly. Anything else you like? I like the fact that there was more digital world weirdness. There was the forest that's full of road signs. Seems to be your go-to point to that digital world weirdness. Yeah, I quite like it. It's there every episode. Eventually you'll run out and you won't be able to name it, though. There won't be. I will find something weird in every episode. There's also the the desert that's full of, like, disconnected telephone poles. That's pretty cool as well. I, I like the sort of... I've said it before, like, obviously I like the real-world stuff that's been planted into this digital version of our world and how it's sort of uncanny valley is that it where things are like close to human stuff but not the same and it feels weird it's got that sort of aspect to it where all these are road signs you've seen them on the road all the time but here they are in this forest where there are no cars is there anything else you liked about this episode i think the group seemed a lot more dynamic and democratic this episode like it wasn't always Ty taking the lead and deciding what they did. Like quite often Matt would lead them somewhere else and I don't like things where it's one person's the main character. So it was nice to have all of them sort of taking part in group decisions or where they were trying to go to. There is one little bit that I quite liked, which is um obviously we've explained before how Matt has this habit of making really bad jokes in life threatening situations. And then Matt says this joke and I can't remember the joke. But then Joe just replies with something along the lines of, this is not the time to make jokes. And it's whilst um, Merriman was attacking. And I was like, thank you, Joe. Thank you for saying this to Matt. <laughs> it's calling itself out on some of the bad things. Like, Matt makes a joke about how they talk about food a lot, which they do. It's got a sort of level of self-awareness. Yeah. It doesn't excuse it, just because it's pointing out that it's making these bad jokes or focusing on certain 
elements all the time it doesn't mean that it should be forgiven for them they did more of the um easy jokes with the aliens today as well yeah there was lots of bad jokes like matt had bad jokes mimi had more i'm a girl slash i am a dumb girl i'm so upset by mimi um it's one of the things i don't like about this episode i i, I remember that mimi had bad lines and they made her stupid but i forgot to the extent like there's the bit where um the fire is erupting from the well and ty is absolutely freaking out and he's sort of just sort of dashing from one foot to the other for some reason and she's like oh look ty's doing a little dance for us it's like no you, mimi you can clearly see the fire coming out of the place the water was it really bothers me because she's one of my favorite characters i quite like joe and mimi because they get the short end of the stick and i really like the second part of digimon adventure try because it, it focused on them i thought it was really nice but in this, this episode mimi just seems so stupid and it really upsets me Mimi's not really got a character yet. She's just made out of jokes and nothing else so far. She's sad. It's so unfortunate because the last time I watched Adventure, it was in Japanese and she has such much more developed personality than she did in this where she's talking about shoes and stuff all the time. I'm like, Mimi, no, don't do that. Why are you doing this? Anything else that you liked? I like Birdramon. I'm glad Beomon was the third to evolve because Sora always seems to get left out plot-wise, especially later on in the series and stuff. And even in Tri, she sort of, she's drawn the short straw character-wise and she seems to be left out all the time and she sort of gets treated like the least important of the, the main cast. And it's nice to see that she gets an early episode focusing on her and her Digimon. I also didn't know how big Bergamon was because obviously Meromon grows once when it gets attacked by fire. And then when uh, Beomon evolves, Bergamon is huge. I feel like the scaling in that whole area, though, was just not quite right. If you look at all the champion evolutions, which we will at some point, but, you know, obviously after this first arc, we get to see all of them, and Bergamon is probably the most boring looking. If- it's not got much of that Digiworld weirdness to it. Yeah, no, it's not like uh, Togemon, which I cannot wait for. So you like Bergamon? Yes, I do, yes. I quite like Bergamon as well. Is there anything you like? else you liked about this episode sora and bioman and how they formed their own bond based on more than just being chosen partners like they actually learned to trust each other and i liked the whole dynamic between them of learning about each other and i liked the fight as well actually when they were actually battling sora was coordinating bergeron's attacks oh yeah because she was saying things like uh bergeron get away and stuff like that yeah we don't see much of that in digimon like usually it's just Digivolve, one attack, you win. Although, actually, thinking about it now, the past two battles, we haven't had instant wins, really. Like, there's always been a bit of build-up before it where the partners told them to do something. Well, it's sort of been they evolve, and then they just attack for a while, but they don't use their signature move, and then they use their signature move, and then they win. Yeah, the signature move wins, but there's been a bit of struggle before it each time. Well, in this episode, the struggle was more actual like teamwork between Sora and Bioman, which is really cool, I thought, because they've actually formed this bond in this episode, as they've, like learn to protect each other and stuff like that on the fact of evolution i sort of the way i see it is when they evolve obviously it's it's temporary but i feel like it's almost like they've got an energy meter and when they evolve it starts running down and when they do attacks it drains a certain amount of their energy so when they use like uh, meteor wing it drains quite a large amount of energy so i feel like that's why they don't sort of evolve straight away use their stockers attack and win I feel like they try and find other ways to win without expending so much energy. Yeah, they do de-digivolve like straight after the signature move each time. 
because it is the first time that they've all digivolved. So I guess they can't maintain the, the new digivolved form very long, which makes sense for the battles that we've had so far. It's the way I justify the flow of battle like they don't use their strongest attacks straight away it sort of makes sense that there's this limited reserve that they've got and using their signature move is their most powerful move so they have to sort of save it till the opportune moment yeah they want the opponent to get weaker first if they go all out, all out straight away and it doesn't work and they did de both then they're a bit stuck but if they wear them down a bit first and then hit them with the knockout punch and that works. So that makes the battles make sense a bit. We'll see if that pattern carries on through the rest of the episodes, which I don't think it will exactly. You don't? I don't think in the next battle it will, because the next battle's a bit odd, because we actually have Greymon and Gabirumon returning. Okay, is there anything you don't like about this episode? As much as it's supposed to be a Sora episode, it seemed like the group did ignore her quite a lot. A lot of it was more just her and Beomon that wasn't so much. Like in the first episode, obviously it's... Well, not the first episode, the second episode, but the first one with the Digivolutions. It's obviously, they go, oh, Ty, you've eaten this food, so you're now the strongest one. In the second one, it seems more focused on Matt and everyone talking about his relationship with TK. In this one, it was it was more of a personal thing, which I think sort of describes Sora in quite a nice way, because obviously her arcs that she gets later on are all personal ones that she goes through herself. She doesn't do it with other people. Yeah, Sora seems quite introverted, really. Which is nice. I like introverts. I'm an introvert myself. It just sort of annoyed me how the rest of the group seemed to disregard whatever Sora was saying. One thing I didn't like was that during the scene where they're walking through the desert, they're walking for, what, maybe five minutes? And they are complaining so much. Because, obviously, you see the Black Gear hit um, Mao Miharashi, I think it's called, and they comment on it. And then they're walking, and, like, almost at the end of their conversation, it cuts to a, a shot of them, and you can see Mao Miharashi in the background. So they must have walked for a good five maybe ten minutes in this desert and they're already giving up like behemoth's giving up so i just feel like if they wanted to do some discussion they could have had them talking about the, the bit with mimi talking about um the phone boots and the trolley car they could have had something important there something plot relevant but they just made a joke out of it i got the sense that there was a time skip during that conversation you think the mountain's a big mountain it's hard to gauge distance in this anime because the scaling's all over the place. But that's also the mountain that Miramon runs down. Yeah, which is why it doesn't make sense unless Miramon's like the fastest runner ever. Is there anything you didn't like about this episode? We've already mentioned all of the jokes and the abundance of them and how it's just annoying. But really, apart from that, there was only one tiny thing, which was that Sora called Beomon B. And Bio and the Yokos. <laughs> that's not the name. It never get. I'm pretty sure it doesn't ever get mentioned again. They never, they never do that same sort of thing again. She's like, ah, oh, B. What? That's not the name. The whole point of them having Mon on the end is so that you know the Digimon and not Pokemon. And they forgot that bit. I was like, I've, I've just, we've discussed Mimi. I was upset about Mimi. Um, and the other thing I have is that they explain things too much. Like um, the fact that the water gets filtered through the mountain and then that the black gear has gone into the side of the mountain. They say it several times in the same conversation that the water's filtered down from Mount Miharashi and then the black gear's gone to Mount Miharashi. Oh no, there's no water here. That's because the water is filtered through Mount Miharashi and the black gear is up there. Oh no, does that mean that the water that's filtered from Mount Miharashi isn't here anymore? And like, I feel like it's the same thing that happened in the second episode of Pokemon, where they sort of explain things a bit too much. Ah, I see. Really, I didn't get that, but I think I was as absorbed in this episode as I usually am. 
I don't know why exactly. Probably because they had Chrome open on the side. Do you have a favourite character slash thing slash why? Beamon and Sora's interaction through the whole episode and their development together because it was nice to watch and it was just cool to actually see them form this partnership properly. It seemed to focus a lot more on their relationship than the last couple episodes. Yeah, like we didn't really get much of Matt and Gabumon having a relationship or mm-hmm. Ty and Agumon. It seemed more that the camera focused on them a bit more than everybody else. Yeah, when Beamon and Sora go through their development stage and digivolve, it's very much about Beamon and Sora and nothing else. Whereas with like Tai and Agumon, Tai was thinking about the rest of the group as well and not really that much about Agumon. And with Matt and Gabumon, Matt was just being an emo and not really thinking about Gabumon at all. So it wasn't as much about the kid and the Digimon. As it was in this episode. My favourite thing was the Yokomon, which we discussed before. Like, there's the little sea of Yokomon flowing down that cliff. At one point, Joe says to, I think it's Ty, oh, this is all of this batch. Like, there's batches of them. I like the noises as they're jumping off a cliff. That's basically what they're doing. They're just riding each other down the cliff. I wonder if this, like, the first batch of Yokomon are just dead at the bottom, cushioning the fall of all the others. Well, I've got to make every episode grim. Overall, though, I thought it was an okay episode. It was it's the same as the last two, basically, plot-wise. But this one seemed to focus a lot more, as we said before, it focused a lot more on the relationships and stuff. In the last one, we had that little bit with Matt and TK and stuff. It wasn't that great. But this episode also introduced us to a new concept, which is the Black Gears, which I think is important especially for this first arc, because they're this recurring plot device that we'll see later on throughout the next couple episodes. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode as well. It's probably the best Digivolution episode we've had. So before we start this, Rowlet is the best. The other two are all right, I guess. First of all, how dare you? (laughs) That's pretty much all the coverage it needs. We're talking about... The starters for Sun and Moon have been announced. And when I first saw them, I didn't see the artwork. I saw the actual trailer and I thought they were Neopets. I don't know what Neopets are. It's a thing from the 90s. It was weird, but they looked like Neopets. And I wasn't a fan. And then like maybe like five minutes later, I really liked them. I I like the owl. (laughs) It's a little shape. I really like Rowlet. But then I also like cats. And the cat's kind of cool, but I think my partner's going to have the cat because my partner's a massive cat fan. So I think I'm going to have to have the owl. And then I'm not a massive fan of the seal, but it's grown on me now. I think it's because I don't like clowns and it reminds me of clowns. Yeah, the seal doesn't sit right with me. Poplio is the seal one. Then there's Litten the kitten. I like Litten the kitten, but I don't like the name because it reminds me of Litleo, which is already a fire cat. Like Litten's, well, I like cats. I don't really like the design of Litten that much. Mm. It looks like it's being it's trying to be too cool. Too edgy. It's trying to be Shadow the Hedgehog edgy. I think the evolutions are going to sell it for me. Because if it does what um, Oshawott did, where I didn't like Oshawott that, that much, but I really like Samurott, I might change my mind about the seal later on. I don't want to see the evolutions before I get the game. Also, it's set in Hawaii, which I'm really excited for. It's called like the Alola region or something like that. But it look, it looks really nice. It looks really cool. The second episode we're watching today is Challenge of the Samurai. Ash tries to catch a Weedle, but is interrupted by a Samurai slash Pokemon bug trainer that wants to challenge him. 
After a not-so-intense battle between a Metapod and a Metapod, they get chased by a swarm of Beedrill that Pokenap's Metapod. Ash's one, that is. After a lot of running away from Beedrill, Team Rocket turn up and unintentionally help Ash save his Metapod that evolves into Butterfree, aka the best bug Pokemon ever, to save them. Ash and Misty disembark for Pewter City and promise to battle the Samurai again later on in their Pokemon journey. Search continues. Metapod! Metapod! Harden like his! Maximum hardness, Metapod! What's that noise? A Beedrill swarm approaches! Our match must end! Metapod, return! Prepare for trouble! Make it done! To protect the world from devastation. To unite all peoples within our nation. To denounce No, them. not again, not now! Pika! Butterfree! One week after Caterpie evolves into Metapod, it again evolves into Butterfree. Do you have any more bright ideas? Well, unlike you, at least I have ideas. Yeah, and they're all bad. Who asked you? So I'd like you to hear my train of thought. So I'm just going to say what I've written down. Because when I was watching Pokemon, I sort of, my brain went elsewhere. And my notes have gone a bit weird. <laughs> but this is basically what happens, okay? Okay, I'm sorry, but what? This young kid has a sword, and that's completely okay in this world? Like, Ash is 10. This kid looks younger than Ash. Yeah, he has samurai armor and also a sword. Also, I totally forgot about Pinsa. It creeps me out a bit. Also, the Pokedex sounds bored in this episode. Also, novice. There's just so much that happened. Like, so this kid's obviously younger than 10 because he's smaller than Ash and sounds younger than Ash. But has he watched too many samurai films? And now he's got, like, samurai armor and a tiny sword, which he's bought from where? And also a bug catcher's net. So he's supposed to be a bug trainer, I guess. I'm guessing he's, like, I kind of wish it was, like, a a bug catcher. He's a samurai slash bug catcher. His name is literally Samurai. (laughs) Is that actually his name? That's what they use in the episode. They just, like, when Ash refers to him, he's calling him Samurai. So, what did you like about this episode? The whole thing was so completely ridiculous and random. It was really funny. It genuinely made me laugh at times. Not a lot really happened in this episode. The the, the plot's sort of eh. Like, um, it's kind of dumb. But it, it advanced the plot a little bit. It was kind of a filler episode. It was actually funny, though. Like when Ash is trying to interrupt Team Rocket during the whole introduction. Yes, I love that. That's one of the things I liked about like they're doing their motto. They'd be all super serious. And Ash is like, calm down. You're going to awake the Beedrill. And they're like, we don't care. We're Team Rocket. We can do whatever. And then it's like, this is why we bought the tank. The tank. The tank made of paper <laughs> against a three-foot bee with a stinger that's got to be, like, half a foot at best. A tank made of paper. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what episode it is where they finally blast off for the first time properly. How long till they reach that point? I think I know the episode. Just got written here, Team Rocket equals three stooges. That's the sort of humour they seem to have for me. Yeah, definitely. Physical humour or being stupid. Messing up a lot. Was there anything else you liked? Completely forgot that Pinsa was in this episode. It doesn't mega evolve. Because it hasn't got a mega form yet. Yeah, Pinsa's mouth creeps me out. Also, its elbows are really low down on its body and it creeps me out. After a Pinsa, he has a Metapod, which he uses against Metapod. I know, that whole fight. And then there's just so much innuendo. 
I didn't notice innuendo. Metapod, maximum hardness. I didn't think of it that way. Even harder. Harden. Harden more. I didn't even think of it that way. That never even occurred to me. We aren't filthy minded like I am. I turned enjoy Tanamon into an innuendo. True. I actually quite enjoyed the bit where does it cuts to Misty and she's just sunbathing. Where does she get the deck chair from? Pikachu's got sunglasses and is on a deck chair as well. Where did they get these two chairs and a table and some sort of cocktail from? From the we need these for a joke land. There's an alternate dimension they can just dip into when they need props. Maybe Pokeballs can actually store deck chairs. Maybe they're Pokemon. Maybe they're like 8th gen Pokemon. In the video games, Ash can store a bicycle in his backpack. Who's Ash? Don't you mean Red? I don't care. I care. You name the character anyway. It could be called whatever you want. Buttface. Fine. Buttface keeps his bicycle in his backpack. Happy? Yes, I am. Okay, so is there anything else you liked about this episode? There was lots of wild Pokemon, and it was really cool to see them in the natural habitat, because that's not really something we get in the games very much. It's always captured Pokemon, but in this we see them... The whole forest is filled with Kakuna and Beedrill, apparently. They're just all over the place. (laughs) So every two minutes, there's another swarm of Beedrill chasing after them. Is there anything you didn't like? Because, like, I didn't really have much negative to say. Like, even even in Digimon this week, there there wasn't too much. Like, this week, the story's kind of dumb. It's like... There's this young kid who's watched too many samurai films, has a metapod, and then the Beedrill steal the metapod, and then Team Rocket are there. That's basically the plot. But it's like, it wasn't bad. Not a lot happened, but it was still entertaining. It was funny. In a very lol random way. Just made it up as it went along. There's the scene with Pidgeotto. He's using it against a Weedle. All it's doing is flying and swooping, and yet somehow it's tired. It's using gust. But still, how is it tired after just that maybe it was already on low pp it's been in a few battles without going to pokemon center although apparently it's actually been a week i was about to say because the pokedex says it takes seven days <laughs> unless this pokedex is lying to us it's apparently been a week since the last episode because it takes metapod a week to evolve into a butterfree i'm gonna guess that this is your favorite thing this week yeah but we're not up to that bit yet <laughs> Okay, but I'm still going to guess it, and I was right, which makes me happy. Because I guessed with Caterpie last week, and now it's Butterfree. So next week I'm going to be lost, because we've got we've got past your favourite. Well, next week it'll just be Butterfree again. Okay, so, is there anything else you like about this episode? We get a little mention of the other trainers from Pallet Town. Oh yeah, we did, yeah. Who we've still not seen two of, <laughs> which I like just the thought of them existing, and we never actually encounter them. I like the little mysteries that it leaves us. I still can't remember if we meet them or not, I don't, I don't know... Yeah, I've, I've just got noted, I still wonder if we'll ever actually see them. Plus, we don't actually know which starter Gary picked yet, so I'm looking forward to that reveal. Is there anything you don't like about this episode? I've only got, like, a few minor annoyances. I've only got pretty much the do- the story's kind of dumb. Yeah, but I like dumb stories. Like, it, it, it was kind of stupid, but it was fun. And there's a fight with a metapod, but even that's still fun, when they're literally doing nothing. <laughs> they get worn out just telling them what to do. Yeah, things I didn't like. The recap at the start seemed really long. Yeah, the recap was a minute and a half. Other things, Ash got really cocky again. Like, he was back in his overconfident ways, like he was in the first episode before Pikachu almost died. I don't like it when Ash is ridiculously confident just because he gets one thing right. I can see him having some confidence, though, because obviously he's defeated Team Rocket twice. He's got two Pokemon, which he got in quite a short space of time, and one of them evolved. I just like it when he gets torn down every single time he gets cocky, though. Just like the samurai. 
samurai rips into him. Novice! I quite like the scene um, when he's about to fight Weedle, and I really wish he'd got a Weedle because Beedrill is amazing. Where he goes to grab a Pokeball and he's like, oh yeah, I need to weaken a Pokemon before I try and catch it, which shows him learning. Do you have anything else that you don't like about this episode? They use the bug joke again. That it really bugs you. Yes, it does. <laughs> It's such a lazy joke, and they've used it so many times already. I think Misty uses it, which just makes it worse, because Misty hates bugs, and I hate Misty. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Okay, I hate Misty for hating bugs. I don't hate Misty. Is there anything you didn't like about this episode? Not really. It was kind of nice. It was lighthearted. It was just this dumb little episode where his Metapod gets stolen by bees. (laughs) I know. I don't know how to describe it. Ash gets outwitted by bees. It's just so ridiculous, this episode. And then on the way to catching, like, saving his bug, he unearths more bees. (laughs) So many bees. There's just so many bees in this episode, and they're everywhere. And and then Team Rocket, and then bees. I know. There's just, like, a million swarms of bees in this forest. It was a good episode. It it, it was quite nice. It was fun. It didn't really do anything plot-wise. It was filler. But it was nice filler. Like, you could probably cut this episode out apart from maybe the last, like, minute of of Metapod evolving. Yes, which we've not talked about yet. Which is your favourite thing? My favourite thing is just Metapod slash Butterfree in this episode. I forgot how annoying the voice is. I don't find it that irritating. Oh, it's just this high-pitched sort of warble. Like Butterfree. My favourite thing is Beedrill because it's a giant bee. I'm going to have Civil War again. I really like Beedrill. I also like its mega evolution. It's amazing. It reminds me of... um. Canon Beemon. I completely forgot Beedrill has a mega evolution. It does, and it's amazing. Did I say Beedrill's amazing? Beedrill's amazing. Well, guess what? Butterfree's better. Let's just agree to disagree, because your dumb butterfly is, is cool, I guess. Butterfree! <laughs> are, you, are you done? <laughs> Butterfree is the best book Pokemon. Okay, I, I guess you can be wrong. Okay, my overall thoughts. It was a silly episode is really funny though it was super dumb it had a tiny samurai and bees who needs plots when you could be chased by giant bugs now it's time for mono a mono where we talk about the similarities and the differences in these episodes so let's start with our monsters of the week what free are we gonna like okay metapod slash this is the end of the podcast this is how it ends because my beedrill next episode it's i might as well not be here it's just going to be me the whole episode just going, Butterfree! We're at an impasse here because I really like Beedrill because it's really cool. I really like Butterfree though because it's really cute and it's not powerful in the ways most Pokemon are. And it's really purple. It also learns Psy Wave, which is a psychic move, which is pretty handy to have. But yeah, Metapod slash Butterfree in this episode was my favourite monster this week because it had the cute eyes when it was Metapod. Nah. Metapod's kind of creepy. Even Cocoon is creepy, though. I like Weedle. Weedle's kind of adorable. It's got the little toe nubs. Just let us know which which bug-type Pokemon do you think's better. Are you Team Beedrill or Team the other one? The right team. Okay, which episode do you think had the best storyline? It's such a hard question. Do you want me to go first? Yes. I thought Digimon because it introduced Black Gears, which are a new plot element. Everything that happened in Pokemon we've already seen before. We've seen Evolution. We've seen Natural Pokemon. Well, Pokemon in the Natural Habitats. We've seen Trainer Battles. So, have we seen Trainer Battles? We had that one with Team Rocket, but that was a proper battle. But we've seen Black Gears now, which are this thing that can turn relatively nice Digimon evil. Where are they coming from? Oh, so spooky scary. Like, really, I think it's Pokemon, but like, only just what really close this week. But I just, as much as Pokemon's plot 
if you can call it that. This episode wasn't very complicated. Neither was Digimon's, and I found Pokemon's more fun. I suppose. And as much as Digimon did have a Black Gear turn up, they didn't really cover it in any detail. Yeah, so really I think Pokemon had the best storyline, but only a very, very tiny amount. Okay, I'm going to change my mind because of what you've said. Because thinking about both episodes, yeah, it did introduce Black Gears, but I did laugh more at Pokemon. And there were bees. Were there any similarities between these episodes? They had large groups of wild monsters. Like they had Yokomon or they had the Beedrill, and they were often in swarms or massive groups of thousands. <laughs> I couldn't see any similarities this week. I was trying to find something like kind of weird, because my last ones have been kind of weird, and I couldn't really think of one. Maybe... Um, Wait, I've got this. Okay, the kid is a samurai, and then the mountain is called Mount Miharashi, which I'm pretty sure is Japanese. Is that really your similarity? They both have things that could be slightly Japanese in them? Yes. I'm not counting that. Do you want me to give you one? Yes. There was lots of running away from things. There's always lots of running away from things. They both had bird monsters in. We had Bergeron and Pidgeotto. Okay, so which episode did you enjoy more? I've just realised we never actually mention any differences, do we? No, because there are lots of them. Anything we don't say is the same is, by the process of elimination, different. Considering that's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> it's just like, forget the differences part. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't need the differences. Well, starting next episode, we'll have to find more similarities. <laughs> to justify the lack of differences. This one is wearing a blue shirt, and that one's also wearing a blue shirt. Which episode did you enjoy slash prefer the most? It used to be Digimon, but after you talking to me, it's changed to Pokemon because it was actually more funnier. I like I like plot elements and seeing plot elements develop and sort of get introduced and stuff but actually overall i did enjoy pokemon a lot more yeah pokemon was just funnier it made me laugh and digimon didn't do that as much apart from nostalgia reasons for certain lines like what lines it's not a mirage it's real water pokemon was funnier definitely digimon's jokes don't land very often whereas pokemon's often funnier because it's sillier it doesn't force it as much as digimon tries to digimon adventure tries to okay that's the end of the segment cut no cut wait 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 five. we need to give the point the point no, the point cut music five the point cut goes to pokemon cut music it's number three five. one to pokemon <laughs> digimon doesn't stand a chance it does even when digimon has it doesn't stand a ghost of a chance even when digimon has a pretty good week pokemon still just scrapes the point it was such a close week Join us again next week. We'll be watching episode five. Showdown in Pewter Sissy and Cabotary One's Electro Shocker. You can find the Moncast on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just search for the Moncast. Or you can email us at themoncastpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Butterfree. 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 Butterfree.